welcome to today's episode of the Busby Lane podcast. I'm Ugo, your host. And today, as a Manchester United fan, it's really, really difficult. It's a tough time to be a Manchester United fan. And, and we, you know, we've, we've been through a lot in the past six years. But I think yesterday kind of um, highlighted how far away we are uh, from where we're supposed to be. Um, losing to Liverpool in itself wasn't that bad. I mean, I mean, I don't think anyone expected that we're going to go to Liverpool and, and have a chance. Um, I think it was wishful thinking for the most part. Yes, we got a point from them earlier in the season, which is great. But really, why would we expect that we're going to go to Liverpool and get a result? Um, as shut-handed as we are, uh, without Paul Pogba, Scott McTominay, and Rashford, arguably three of our best players. I mean, there's certainly three of our best players. It's not, you know, it's factual. It's not, there's no um, subjectivity there. Um, but losing to Liverpool and knowing that Liverpool is going to be winning the title at the end of the season, um, it, it, it came it came home for Manchester United fans yesterday, I think. And and I think everyone felt it. And, you know, online and social media, I've seen a lot of vitriol, you know, people attacking, you know, anyone, attacking Ole, attacking the players, at, attacking Woodward and the Glazers. And, you know, it's just a free-for-all right now online. And, and, and I understand. I get it. Like, everyone is really frustrated. The loss in itself is not as important as the occasion. I think people feel frustrated about the occasion. Liverpool is about to win the league for the first time in 30 years, and they're going to just go and do it. There's just nothing we can do about it. We couldn't even, you know, put it in doubt a little bit yesterday. We couldn't, you know, do anything to stop it. Um, so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the game yesterday, talking about um, anything really with regards to the game. If anything, I thought the boys did very well. Um, we considered from a set piece, again, we're, we're leading the league in that regard. Um, of course, that is on Ole and the, and, and the coaching staff. Um, you need to be a little bit flexible when it comes to the marking of corners. Uh, even Van Dyke himself mentioned this uh, in his post-match interview. They targeted um, our zonal marking defenses, uh, weaknesses. Sorry, they knew exactly what to do. And um, yeah, first corner goal. I mean, up until that point, I thought the game was evenly matched. I even thought you know Liverpool was a little shaky. Their passes were not maybe as crisp as we would expect it to be. And, and, and actually, you know, even after the goal, yes, there were spells where Liverpool looked, you know, incredible. They're, it looked like they were going to run away with it. It looked like it was going to be a mauling. <laughs> you know, I think most United fans were just hoping it didn't, you know, get into, you know, an embarrassing kind of scoreline. Uh, you know, but yeah, we're, we're still around. We're still hanging around in the game. And maybe if we if we're able to put a few chances away or make the right decisions at the right time, probably we get something out of the game. Uh, the last game, the, the last goal that's called was just, um, 
obviously will push everyone forward and and they hit us on the counter last minute of the uh, of the game yeah so you can't really fault the team for for pushing up that way um i hear people say daniel james should have fouled mo salah or daniel james is, should be as strong as salah well things just don't happen that way i think salah did uh, i think daniel james actually did very very well to come back but um i think salah is a tank is like a unit right a <laughs> shot but with a very strong guy and you know low center of gravity and he could hold off uh, Daniel James very easily and, and, and scored the goal. So um, I'm not going to knock anyone for that second goal. The first goal could be could have been preventable. Um, so there were, there, were, there were large moments in the game where we could have scored. I think Martial should have put his goal away. Probably Pereira had an opportunity as well in the first half. So there were moments for us. I mean, Fred had an unbelievable game. I think I ha- we have to shout him out for that. His his improvement has been incredible. So we, we definitely need to give credit where credit is due. But the, the team never had a chance, right? Um, missing Marcus Rashford. Um, you know, we really missed him out there today, uh, yesterday. Uh, miss Scott so much. Um, you know, <laughs> when we talk about the key player this season, I think it doesn't get any bigger than Scott and and Rashford. You know, these are the guys who really, really make us tick in that sense. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, um, they add a lot to the team uh, for sure. They do. Well, first and foremost, before before I really talk about what I want to talk about today, because I really want to talk about the, the, the Ed Woodward and Matt Judge and and the folks who run the affairs of the club. I want to talk, I want to focus on them today. But before I talk about that, I have to I have to call Ole out. I'm, I mean, I'm not Ole out. I'm Ole in firmly. Uh, and I'll tell you my reasons very shortly. I think Ole is still the man for the job. I, I still think he needs to be given some time. I don't agree with the whole let's sack Ole right now. I don't agree that Woodward should be in a position to sack anyone. But I have to call Ole out for something. Um, there have been several times when players have gotten injured as a result of um, recklessness, I think, from both the, the coaching staff, from the fitness department, whoever it is that is um, allowing players to go and play while injured is very reckless. I think it's, it's huge. It's so bad because I feel so sad. I, I am very angry about Rashford's injury because we... We all say it all the time. He needs some rest. Young kid. He's burning himself out. He's very enthusiastic to play. We get that. But he needs to be protected from himself. And I don't think Ole has done enough to protect Rashford. Um, you know, we've heard stories about Paul Pogba having, the, you know, a similar situation where he's played through injury. Um, Maguire had a similar situation. Um, Lingard last season uh, played you know, got rushed back and, you know, got injured again. So it, it is happening way too many times for us to write it off as a coincidence. I think Ole needs to get a grip of his fitness department and understand very, very, very importantly that the health of the player is the most important aspect, is the most important thing. I don't care if we're losing games or we're drawing games or whatever. But the health of those players is more important and the future is more important. So I don't like how our players have been endangered through very reckless decisions. Anyways, that is something I needed to say. And, and also the 
the, the set piece thing you know get a grip of that you need to sort out the the, the, the set piece stuff uh, and i think that's that's really down to the manager and his coaching staff i think you should be doing much better uh in that regard but today i really want to focus on um ed woodward um who is our de facto director of football yes he's the executive vice chairman um there is no director of football role yet at the club uh, which means that Ed has to handle that particular position. Um, it's been six years. Six years since he's been running this. Um, he spent, you know, almost a billion in the in the process, spent quite a lot of money. Um, and, and we're left with this squad. It, it, it's unbelievable that you spend that much money um, over a period of time, and, and you're left with a squad that doesn't really equate to how much you've spent. Now, when Woodward took over in 2013, um, just when Alex, uh, Alex had retired and and David Gill moved on, it it's okay to it was fine for us to say, well, we chuck it up to you know, being a rookie at the job, not understanding what the role entails and things like that. And this guy is um, a PwC alumni. Um, you know, he, he is not a dumb guy. He is a smart guy. He does understand stuff. He knows that, obviously, typically speaking, in as a consultant, right? As a consultant, what do you do when you don't understand a certain area which you haven't had any experience in you haven't studied for you know you're not an expert at running football affairs like you're not an expert you you are an investment banker or an accountant whatever it is and you might be great at that you're great at mergers and acquisitions and stuff like that which is amazing but you're not great at running football clubs so why are you persisting on running the club affairs when you have failed repeatedly? This is what I don't understand about Ed Woodward and his role at Manchester United. For six years, during the Moyes era, and we, we could say anything we want to say about David Moyes, and he probably should have done a little bit much better with the team he had and things like that, but... In hindsight, David Moyes wasn't backed. In his very first season as the manager of Manchester United, newly appointed, he wanted players in. He had his targets in mind. I think Fabregas was his top target at the time. Um, and, and Ed Woodward couldn't close that deal. Ed Woodward just couldn't close that deal. We we really, you know, huffed and puffed in the market. We we're linked to every single person. And eventually, last minute, we overpaid for Fellaini. Um, in the winter, one matter came in, which was which was good. I mean, obviously, I think so far we can say Juan Mata has been um, a decent signing for us. I mean, his contribution has been great. Um but then you, you look at other deals, you know, why did we sign Di Maria? You know, did he fit any particular system? Was there any particular plan? 
um we've been really just jumping from one transfer strategy to another and it's the same guy who's running the affairs of Manchester United the same guy we failed in the transfer market so far because we cannot justify the amount of money we've spent so far it cannot be justified and yet the same guy who has mismanaged these funds remains at the club like it's all a mess it's all shambles it's it's crazy to think that in any organization a person who has mismanaged the funds of the organization the way Woodward has remains in the same role I don't get it I just don't understand it and this is where um, you know you have to bring in the Glazers as well and just try to understand what their motives are what they're trying to get get out of Manchester United I am a little bit worried. I am worried that there's just so much more going on with Manchester United that we don't know. Are they having some financial problems that we don't know about? Are they trying to hide something? Why is it so difficult to bring a footballing expert to run the footballing affairs of one of the biggest clubs in the world? I don't understand it. And Manchester United is probably the only club that has investment bankers running the affairs of the club. It has no meaning, it has no sense, and I don't understand it. Um, I feel like we've been we've been going round and round in circles about this. Uh, they briefed the media sometime in, in September 2018, I think, um, about hiring or seeking a director of football. This is January 2020, and we don't have a director of football. None has been hired yet. I mean, they started briefing the media again, <laughs> you know, that they're going to be hiring a director of football. We're, we're planning to hire a director of football. And this hasn't happened. I mean, he told his investors or, you know, at one of the investor calls that they were not going to be hiring a director of football because they have uh, a system that works. Uh, you know, trying to explain to us what a director of football does and why it's not important. People who have interviewed Edward Wood say he's a smart guy. Uh, some people say he's, he's arrogant and all that stuff, but people say he's, he's a really cool guy, he's a nice guy. But it begs the question as to why. Why is it that we don't have a director of football who is a seasoned professional? It doesn't make any sense. Because if you want to build an entity or a brand that is going to be the best brand in the world, in any aspect of life, in any aspect of life, really, this, this has nothing to do with, with football, in any aspect of life, you must bring in a subject matter expert to take care of certain areas that require specific expertise. Ed Woodward, Matt Judge, and whoever it is that makes the decision about Manchester United football, the identity, the strategy, recruitment, all this stuff, are obviously not professionals. So what are they doing in, a, in that job? Why do we have Matt Judge negotiating our transfers and Ed Woodward, the one to ratify transfers? Why do we have that structure in place? If these guys are not professionals, they're not trained, they're just doing it on a whim. 
it's like, oh, I know my judge, you know, used to be my friend, whatever. He can do this job. He's going to be negotiating transfers. Someone was pointing out what the LinkedIn uh, profile of Matt Judge. It says something like, you know, negotiating mergers and acquisitions for Manchester United. And, and, oh, by the way, player negotiations as well. Well, hello, this is crazy. This is a big problem for Manchester United. And I feel um, we're suffering for that. Six years of mismanagement. Six years of mismanagement not recruiting the right players, not having a particular system to recruit players that fit that particular system, taking so much time to complete transfers that other clubs find very easy to do. Why is it that it takes us so long? Because if you're trying to help Ole, right? If you're trying to help Ole, and you're going into the season, you know you need a center back, you knew you know you need a right back. Um, then you go all out from the start of the summer, even before the start of the summer, you want to get those deals done because you want to integrate the team um, very early on in the season. You want to get them in so that they can do preseason together. You want them to, you know, to start off start getting, you know, finding that chemistry because it, it takes time to, to, to get that chemistry. So why is it, why is it that it took as much time as it did to complete those deals? And why is it taking so much time right now to complete the deals Ole needs this January? Because we have, we're down to, we're just down to the bare bones. We're down, we're stripped down to the bare bones. It, it, it was actually, it actually surprised me that we were able to compete, relatively speaking, against Liverpool yesterday. I was actually surprised because... I mean, you know, fair play to the to the boys on the pitch, and that's why I'm never going to really fault them. They gave their all, but the quality wasn't there. Uh, you know, Pereira, who you know got all the stick, deservedly so, because he he, he played very poorly. Decision making being a problem, he's playing at his level. That is Pereira's level. Of yes, he might improve a little bit, but when it comes to decision making, when you get to a certain age, if you're unable to improve that. You need to find players who can do the job. You need to find first-choice players that understand exactly what it takes to be a number 10 and play that role very, very well, to be the creative linchpin in the midfield and do the job we need. So many times we turn Liverpool over, get the ball, we're in transition, we're, we're doing a counter-attack, and... And, and we lose, and we just lose possession. He lo- he either loses the ball or he, you know, he gives it away. I'm not knocking Pereira to be honest, because like I like I said, I think he has that limitation, and we should accept that that is his limitation. But the question is, we needed to bring in Bruno Fernandez very early on. He is now available, and now we're haggling for weeks on ending when we need him to be integrating with the with the team and actually contributing to what we're fighting for. It's going to be tougher next season if Manchester United is not in the top four. It's going to be tougher to recruit players. It's going to be tougher to attract top talent to the club. So you do what it takes. And even if it means bending over backwards a little bit to get what you need to to, to put you in a better position next season, you do it. Yes, we don't want Manchester United to be taken for a ride. But are we in any position to really dictate that? We are in a sorry position. 
Now, if you are spotting Lisbon and you're negotiating with Manchester United, you're very, very sure that Pogba is injured and is not available. You're sure that Scott is not available and, you're, you're, and now you know that Marcus is not available. Why in the world would you be in the weaker negotiating position? And this is what I don't get about these guys. Holding this deal to ransom, making it difficult for the team to rotate, to change styles, to bring someone off the bench that can actually influence play. Because maybe you bring in Andres Pereira off the bench and maybe he gives you something. Maybe he gives you that last push that you need to go with. But definitely he's not good enough to start. It is evident. And and I feel sorry for him because this is his... Basically his very first season playing, you know, as a starter in the Premier League for a club as big as Manchester United. Now, typically, people need a lot of experience to get to that point. He is not at that level yet. Lingard has shown not to have what it takes to be the guy we need him to be. So we always needed a midfield. Right from the summer, we all knew that we needed a midfield. And the question is, between the summer period and now, what have we been doing what has the club been doing to sort that out in January? So that January 1st, we have our man in. Ole has made two demands right now. He wanted Haaland and he wanted he wants Bruno Fernandes. We pulled out of the Haaland deal suspiciously. I don't know why we pulled out of the deal. I mean, reports say we pulled out because they were going to be in control of the release clause. Why does that matter to Manchester United right now when we need a player at 17 million? Why not? Why not? Why not? If we had him for two years, he played very well, then we can renew his contract. Maybe we build a better relationship. If he has a good time at Manchester United, of course he wants to stay. If he doesn't have a good time at Manchester United, okay, maybe he wants to leave. If he helped us a little bit, you know, get challenging again and things like that, do you think that seriously he'd just want to leave? Like, I don't understand the point of not doing that deal. And the guy goes on Saturday, bangs a hat-trick, and, and here we are without Marcus Rashford. And now we're down to Anthony Martial and Mason Greenwood as the only two recognized, recognizable strikers in the team. It is disgraceful. And a lot of people are, I, I feel, I mean, I'm so happy tonight. I mean, I, I was looking at Twitter just, just before I started recording this. And Sackwood, what is trending, probably has something to do with um, all the talks from, from Roy Keane and, you know, Gary Neville yesterday. I think they were really passionate about their defense of Ole and, and calling out, you know, the actual problem, you know, which I feel is the right approach to this. Woodward is the problem. He has been making these decisions for six years. And I hope our fans will remain focused on the actual problem, don't let yourself to get distracted with the whole Ole out thing. And, and this is exactly what Woodward wants you to do and what the Glazers want you to do. They want you to get distracted with Ole and shout Ole out all you want. The actual problem, the actual problem at the club is the one constant that we've had in the past six years with great managers. Louis van Gaal, amazing manager, top class manager and he says that club is not a football club it's a business 
Jose Mourinho, for what, you know, I, I felt it was the right decision to let Jose go. Um, mainly because Jose is not typically the kind of guy to build a team from scratch and build it up to, uh, you know, build, you know that organic rebuild. And of course, you know, his style is questionable as well. Um, and I think sometimes he makes it all about himself. I mean, that's just my, my thinking about him. I, nothing against him. I did enjoy his time here for, for, for a bit. I, I, I appreciate the Europa League and the um and the calling cup he brought uh, you know he brought for us and and of course yeah you know we did enjoy some moments with with jose of course but the point remains that all these great managers lvg um jose all struggled under ed woodward they all struggled under this same guy so where 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 do we go from here? And 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 this is the question. Is the pertinent question? Where do we go from here? I mean, we don't have like four billion lying around to buy the club from from these guys. We don't we don't have that. But they don't even need to sell for this club to be successful. It's very easy. Get the right people in the right positions. Like, how difficult it is. Leicester, Liverpool, even Watford, Southampton, all these teams have directors of football. They have a clear recruitment strategy. They, they understand exactly where they're putting their money to. They know they have a, a decent scouting network. They have a system they're working with. Everybody understands the identity of those teams. For six years, we've been wallowing. We've been lost We've just been coasting along, moving in different directions, failing at it, and we keep on doing the same damn thing. So I don't understand why Ed Woodward has to be the man making, continuing to make these decisions. And and this is it. This is for me. That's it. I I, I feel it's 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 great that it's trending. We have to continue to put that pressure. We need a director of football. Let the director of football determine if Ole is the right man for the job or not. Let the director of football come in and define what the football philosophy is for this club. Define how we're going to go about it. Define what the recruitment policy is going to look like. And work with the manager to execute on it. If Ole is the guy, great. We all want Ole to succeed. We, I want Oli to succeed. I can see the passion in him. I can see what he's trying to do. Yes, he has made some if, a few mistakes here and there, but we can see exactly what he's trying to achieve. But he needs some backing. How do you play in the Premier League without a proper midfield? How? How are you supposed to compete for the top places in the Premier League if you don't have a functioning midfield? If you don't have backup, a backup plan in terms of players? Yes, I love the fact that we're bringing guys from the youth. I love that aspect of Ole. But we always needed a few pieces to actually make this team complete. And it, it, maybe all it, all, all it could have taken was just two midfielders. Obviously, we all knew we needed a defensive midfielder. We knew we needed one creative, more creative-thinking midfielder. Probably we need three. Who knows? We don't have a right-winger. You know, I, I had a joke someone said. <laughs> we haven't signed a right-winger since 
And funny enough, I was, we haven't signed a right winger since Valencia. Who, who, you know, did well as a right winger and eventually became a right back. So essentially, we've not really signed a right winger for, for years now. So how is that possible? How, how is it that Edward Ward and his team, when they're planning, they are unable to identify the deficiencies in the team. They are unable to plug those gaps. And yet they've spent almost a billion doing this. They've spent so much money doing this. And yet they've, they've been unable to assemble a team that is stable enough to play a certain system. Like, at the moment, nobody's asking for a team that can win the league. Of course, that is, that is not something we're asking for. But we want the team that we have, we want to give them a fighting chance. We want them to be in a position to be in the top four. Now, I feel for Ole in all of this because he's had to play shorthanded teams. Basically, he's had to play shorthanded for most of the season anyways. To be honest, I, and you, know, you know, the Ole out guys would say whatever they want to say. But I don't know what manager has the capability to gain to bring anything out of this team more than what Ole has done. I don't know how you get anything out of this team. I don't know what else you can do with this team that Ole is not doing. And I, and I use this example a lot. Manchester City lost Laporte. They've, they've struggled to keep a clean sheet. They still struggle. They're still struggling. Their defense is, is, is in disarray. They're having issues. And it has derailed their season, at least domestically speaking, and that's because he just lost one player. And that goes to show how important it is. So even with our full complement, we're still missing pieces. We're still missing a right winger, a natural right winger. We're still missing, you know, the void of uh, Anna Herrera, probably Fellaini, which we have, who we haven't replaced. So it's not like we already had this full team coming into the season that was going to be great. We knew there were still holes in the team. But then add the injuries to it, then we're massively shorthanded. We're massively shorthanded. It's a miracle that we're in fifth. It's a miracle we're only five points behind. It's a miracle that we are in some of the competitions we're still in. Because this team lacks the depth and the quality required to fight for those top four sports and also attempt to win uh, some kind of cup competition. So the focus has to remain on Edward Wood. He needs to appoint a director of football. He needs to wash his hands off everything related to footballing decisions. Focus on the commercials. And th this is what I don't get sometimes. Look, if you have 100 million pounds and that's what your transfer budget is, give it to the director of football and say, this is all we have. We have 100 million pounds for our transfer budget for, you know, for the summer. We have 60 or 50 for, for the winter. Whatever it is, this is what we have. Make it work. Do your magic as a director of football. And then the director of football can decide how to spend that money, how to work with it in the long term, how to assemble the team in the long term, how to prepare for that in the long term. So... The, the idea that the, 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 I, it is, is mind-boggling for me that, that Ed Woodward has persisted with this particular role for as long as he has without thinking for a second that maybe the smart thing to do was to bring in an expert and focus on what he knew how to do best. 
and I think that that is going to be best for Manchester United. Um, it's been a, a bit of a rant. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, hope that we do get that the team gets the backing that it needs this season. Um, you know, it's January twenty twentieth. 11 days to the, to the to the end of the transfer window. Um, we need three players, ideally. With, with, the, with the injuries that we have, we genuinely need three players. We need uh, two midfielders and we need a, a, an attacker because, God forbid, anything happens to Fred or Matic. We're done. We're, we're just done. We're, we're down to the bare bones. He needs a lot of support. These guys have to back him. They need to... They need to hire a director of football as a second step and get this football club working, get this football club competing the way it's supposed to. Until next time, it's Ugo, and uh, subscribe, and I'll hit you back soon. Thanks for listening to the Busby Lane podcast. Thank you very much, and have a good one. Cheers.